Hey, what's up, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 133. I'm teching my own show today, but just enough to show you who this guy is. That guy is Evan Corey. The episode starts right now. It's good, Evan. How are you? I'm good, man. Got to give the people what we want. (laughs) (laughs) I would normally be more amped up, but, you know, long night. (laughs) Long night, but no regrets. So we were, um, before we got on the podcast, we were talking about um, your activity, like live stream activity um, for uh, Facebook. And you you decided to use, I I guess amongst other handles, you decided to use that handle to to get viewership out there. Um, One, you're you're promoting your brand, but you're also doing really cool things for the sport sport of volleyball, right? And who says you can't do both together, right? Um, It's not your fault that there's a finals in a regional tournament and you happen to be in it, right? I mean, guess what? Guys, here's the finals. And guess who's in it? <laughs> it's me. How, at what, did you know that it would get that much traction? No. I mean, honestly, how it started was during COVID. Um, I started going to travel and play a lot more around. I mean, I, I did it the first time I ever did one was, uh, in New York in 2017, actually. And okay. uh, it was the round to get in, uh, me and JD Hamilton. And we what? were playing. Uh, you and JD Hamilton? Yeah. When, what year was this? 2017. Um, and so we played Chase Frischman and Michael Brunsting. Um, and that was in Brooklyn. Uh, no, that was, that was a, um, uh, at the Pier, Pier yeah, 25. Pier 25. Um, and uh, Everybody like was like texting us throughout the day, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna try this Facebook live stream thing." <laughs> um, and uh, it got huge viewership. Then, I mean, uh, back home uh, in Louisiana, like we don't really get to see super high level volleyball often, and so anytime that uh, people get to see the chance to see it, they're gonna go and watch it. I mean, most people don't know that. I mean, you saw it last year. Louisiana loves volleyball. <laughs> Dude, yes. And, and and I think, look, the reason why I brought it up is what you did was you made volleyball love Louisiana, mm-hmm. right? Um, there, you, you, The first thing you do, and it's very much like music, it's very much like theater, right? You draw eyes on you, you do what you got to do to market yourself and this and that. And then when, when you have the right eyes on you, you're like, okay, not a product got to be dope. Yeah. Right. Uh, think about that. Record sales, right? It's like mm-hmm. you get all whatever. Not now. Now I got eyes on me. The product got it. I got to make sure the product is dope. Yeah. And that goes back to me saying you were, you happen to be in the semis or finals, winning or losing. That's Corey, dude. I, I mean, I speak for a lot of all volleyball players. That's a good problem. Yeah. It's like it sucks. I lost in the finals. <laughs> it's like, damn. Yeah. But you may, you know, and, uh, I never even sniffed the finals. And uh, I think uh, COVID was probably the best blessing for that whole thing. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of people, you can go out and watch volleyball on a weekend or something, but uh, COVID, that, didn't, <laughs> that wasn't able to happen. There's no AVPs to watch. There's no FIVBs yeah. to watch. And so uh, Facebook Live became your new... Uh, Amazon Prime or 
Peacock or NBC Sports or whatever for the AVP. And uh, none of the big people were playing. So uh, I became one of the, the bigger fish on the market at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, everybody knew that uh, if uh, they wanted to watch volleyball on the weekends, they could just friend me on Facebook. And every weekend I'd be playing volleyball somewhere. Yeah. Uh, the, what was your most views? And I, I, I'm not, I asked this carefully because I'm not like... You know, how much money did you make? You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not that guy. But just out of curiosity, just like all these people coming, the volleyball community coming together. Yeah. What was like one of your most views? Was it, was it close? I'm going to take a guess. Was it close to 10 grand or 10K? I have a few over 10K. Um, I think the most, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I would say 15 to 20 is probably the highest viewed. Yeah. Um, and that was probably some of the main draw stuff that we were, I was doing last year. Yeah. Um, cause AVP wasn't streaming all the courts. And so as long as they weren't streaming the courts, then you were good to, to stream. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, cause they were pretty adamant about you trying to, to get them. And I understand that. Like, yeah, and I agree. You know what I mean? Like if we can get somebody to, if, if I could get my, my stream to be paid for, yeah, I'm going to go and take that. So if we can get Fuck people yeah, yeah. to, to pay, to watch our sport. And I think it's funny cause with um, I don't even know how to say it, but Mexico. I don't know the city. I don't know how to say that. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna try. I ain't even going to try. It's actually happening right now. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but someone's um, playing at 11:30. It's funny yeah. to to like. There's people like posting on like these like group chats and stuff on Facebook, and they're like, "Is there any way to watch this stuff for free?" And everybody's starting to get to a point. They're like, "You know what? If we don't support our sport." It's not going to be around. Agreed. And uh, they're like, it's six dollars a month. You should just go and support your sport. Yeah. To go and watch the best volleyball players in the world play. Mm -hmm. um, so it's cool that people are starting to finally understand that if we don't, if we don't put money back into the sport we love, we're not going to get to be able to watch it at the highest level. It's like um, any sporting event that you go and watch live, right? Like if, if they're if you're not paying to, to to put your ass in the seat, then. Uh, the, the players aren't making money and then guess what the quality of the player is going to go down there's not so that's uh kind of i think where our sport's reaching and i think people are starting to finally understand that uh this is a legitimate profession and um i feel like i'm getting in at a good time hopefully for all of that and uh i think i think beach volleyball is about to see a little bit of a comeback and i have hope for that i mean you got you got ballets right now right um they're a machine as far as like promoting stuff. They are an absolute machine. So you are right. You are here in volleyball at the right time, right place, because I think Bally's and all these bells and whistles that are be handling, handling that are being taken care of behind the scene puts players like you in the position where you better be good. <laughs> right. Take care of the bells and whistles. And all you got to do is get, get out there and play. Why do you think I'm such a hater? Why do you think mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always, you, you're like, damn, Jason's fucking hard in the paint today. You know, <laughs> wasn't red panty night, you know, <laughs> it's like, dude, you know, go sing a song. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm like that because there are some guys who want to train. There's some guys who call it and there's some guys who uh, uh, they don't have good partners. And, and, and a lot of these people blame their, their losses because they don't have opportunities and this and that. And they're, ha they're, they're not all wrong. Mm -hmm. But I look at someone like you, right? You gotta make your opportunity, man. Uh, I mean, you take the wheel because you, uh, you were gonna say you're gonna finish that sentence. I was gonna say, no, um, like I was saying, coming from Louisiana, like I didn't have opportunity growing up. Yeah, uh, there was eight kids on my club volleyball team, 
uh, by you was, boys, right? Yeah. When yeah. I was, I first started playing when I was 16 because they were like, the, how they convinced me was like, hey, you're like the the volleyball player in the area, but you only play beach. Like you need to come play indoor because you can earn a scholarship for indoor and you can't earn a scholarship for beach. And I was like, shit, might as well go and try this. <laughs> That's true. Um, but uh, at that point, like we didn't have a tryout. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, it was Okay. All, eight, all eight of you, all eight of you showed up for the tryout. <laughs> You're on the team. So, um, I mean, we didn't have good players. Like, I mean, our team was by far not the most talented, um, but we we made our opportunities. Uh, we were super scrappy. Um, we weren't going to let people take our opportunity from us. And uh, there's a point where if you want something bad enough, uh, you can take it from people. And yes. um, that's kind of how we were, and that's how I kind of started in volleyball. And it's kind of how I feel like I've I've been since. I've uh, I mean, we took our opportunities. We finished uh, in the gold bracket every single year I was on the team at nationals. Okay. Uh, so that's top five in the nation. Yeah, um, the worst you can finish is. Yeah, is, but, it's yeah. tied for fifth. Um, and uh, that's a hell of an accomplishment for eight kids who don't really know volleyball, like a kid growing up in Southern California or mm -hmm. Chicago or anywhere up in the Northeast. Um, I, yep, I think what I was getting at was that um, both things are true, but I... The thing I like about you is you acknowledge certain things are true, and and the question is, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. Right. What are you, what are you gonna do about it? Like, I'll, I'll give, I I said this on um, I forget it was in a podcast with me. Um, could have been John Mayer. No, it was someone really young. It, I think it's Fallon. Fallon yeah. for Moana. Now, if we're having a competition, running upstairs, um, as you on the podcast, I think I said this on you on the podcast. Um, if we're both having a competition, running upstairs. That's a meritocracy, right? You yeah. run 66 stairs, I run 44, whatever. You won. That's fair game. We had the same the same situation. So running the stairs is, is a meritocracy, but getting in the building to run those stairs is not. Mm -hmm. So there is a level of unfairness where um, some people are set up to win and have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And, and eventually they do. And, and for them, you say, okay, I'm proud of them. And then there's some people where... You only get one chance to walk in the door. Yeah, sucks. Some people only get that one chance to walk in the door. And that was the point I was trying to make. And you, and better, thing, and you better kick that damn door down. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and, man. Yeah. yeah. And, you, I, and those are the two most valuable things. And I'm going to give you the mic because, for God's sake, I got to let someone else talk. Um, two most valuable things is, one, you know it's, it wasn't fair, but such is life. And I said this before. And the second thing is, if you take that fact, not kicking and screaming, mm -hmm. there, there's something... There's something at the end of the tunnel, man. There's something yeah. really good at the end of the tunnel for that. Um, and this is something like I feel like it's just like a very recurring theme in life. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a, a difference and I've uh, been reading a lot of books, just kind of noticing it in situations in volleyballs of right now, listening to people and how they talk about things and the new qualifier system, whatever. You know what I mean? It's unfair to you or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, like we were saying, you make your opportunity. Um but uh, there's there's a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and a lot of people probably heard of it. Really popular book, but it talks about pro proactivity versus reactivity. And uh, a proactive person takes that situation and they're like, uh, okay, like uh, this is what it is. How do I win? 
so that's always been my thing. And this is something I learned from my, my coach in college. And it's like, I was reading this stuff. And I was like, this is stuff I already do. So I feel really good about this. And okay. it's like, um, it doesn't matter what your situation is. Like, if you want it bad enough, you're going to find a way to win. Um, so it's not just looking at the situation like, oh man, this is so unfair. You can say that. And I live by a rule. It's like, okay, you can, you can receive that news. You've got five minutes to, to whine about it. You know what I mean? Like, yep, it's unfair, but guess what? After those five minutes, you can't change that. It's unfair. Yes. So after those five minutes, find a way to, to take that and still find a way to win. And you just find a way to win. And Uh, and I like that because you're not saying people, Tell pe- telling people not to feel what they're feeling. No, what feel what you're feeling because it's because that's, it, that's a real thing. It's valid. But like you said, when that clock hits three zeros, then you got to hit that reset button. So I really appreciate. Is that what is that what the uh, the book or the um uh, or the that's material not so talking much about? As the book. Uh, it's something I've kind of picked up and kind of you know you listen to people and you listen to like a bunch of stuff. Like I think a lot of people and it's very appropriate in volleyball because a lot of coaches have their little like. Oh, it's like a three or five second rule after a play where yeah. you can you can remember that play and but you forget right you know what I mean yeah so you have that little internal clock okay reset so that for me yeah. that's where it's like okay you can be emotional for five minutes but after five minutes we've got to be logical right we've got to be logical we've got to figure out a way that we can still get this done because nice. No matter what, there is a way to get it done. And it's not, sometimes it's going to be really hard. But, and, and, and it's not going to be fun. But <laughs> it's there going to is be a, ugly. I thought you were going to say yes. But there is, there is a way. Yeah. And yeah. that's what matters. And I don't care if it's unfair because I've dealt with unfairness my whole life in volleyball. Right. It's come to be expected. Good. Yeah, so, so, it's so now it's like, you know what? I don't care if you make this unfair for me. I'm still going to find a way to get what I want. And yeah. that's that's how I feel about it. Well, it's definitely given you a heightened level of success. And um, if looking at you the last three years, um, I mean, I go back to this 100 times. So you know, at some point, I'm going to go back. First time I met you was um, last round, right? Hermosa 2019. Yeah. AVP qualifier. You, um, I don't know. You took down some people to get to that last round. I mean, it was weird because it wound up being like an eight seed against like what a 13 seed or something like that. What seed were you? We were the eight, uh, we're the eight or the nine, yeah. Um, well, Earl and Jake were the eight or the nine, so it could have been a true. Oh, nine. no, we were the 16. 16, we yeah. were the 16, right? And, um, well, one, we got lucky because, uh, Someone beat Budinger Kyle, Kyle, friend, and Duncan Budinger lost. But, I mean, we didn't really get lucky because, I mean, they ended up being uh, one of the Cervantes brothers and um, Will Rotman, who is looking like he's having a, a very good case for yes. an All-American season at Stanford right Dude, now. Yes. And, um, yeah, I know I him mean, well. I was yeah. going to say, because uh, Wendy probably, I mean, you're, you're probably following Stanford a good bit. Yeah, um, Wendy. Look, Wendy's always, right now she had surgery on her ankle or her, her, oh, her I leg. Oh, yeah. So I know when her son's playing because she's looking for a driver. Because <laughs> she can't, right now she can't yeah. drive with the leg. So, I mean, I'm like, I'll take you to some of those games if you stop treating me like a fucking hollow back guy, right? You, <laughs> I mean, right? If I know, if I know Stanford's playing Sunday and it's Thursday, yeah, I'll go. We were like Saturday night. I'm I'm drinking. I'm watching the UFC. Do you want to watch a game tomorrow at noon? I'm like, I think I'm I might want to sleep. <laughs> so, you know, same thing with training. Like I tell yeah. Rob McLean and whatever. I'm like, I will uh, Torin. I'll, I'll train with you guys or, I'll, or I'll, I'll coach you guys. But I'm not. Um, 
when I was your age, all right, um, I could do that because I was single and this is all I was doing. And you could ask me to two hours. Hey, what are you doing? Can you come now? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But um, when you have club practice, when you have a kid, when you have all these things and all these moving parts and you have to, uh, like me, if I don't set a schedule, um, I'm gonna be effed because I'm gonna keep procrastinating projects. Mm -hmm. uh, what I'm doing now, <laughs> um, and yeah. So for y'all out there, if y'all y'all want me to coach, I'm a coach, but I, I can't I can't do the holla back holla back dude stuff, you know. So, but um, yeah, very very. I, I like your point. It was so Sandy. Anyway, we're talking about Hermosa Beach, right? Trying to bring us back in. Sorry about that. Um, final round. It's and the first time I saw you play there was you were a machine there was no doubt in your mind that you were gonna win you had this 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 great and, and i saw it in your eyes too uh, before the game even started um and you were really nice you shook my hand how you doing we, I, I just introduced you know didn't even know you and i was like this dude thinks he's gonna win this in fact this dude's sure he's gonna win not thinks he's gonna win you're like and and i really like that mentality so is that does that mentality come from this um, us against the world type thing? Like, yeah, New Orleans versus all y'all, like, yeah, as Sean, Sean Ladig would say. It's <laughs> uh, that. It's um, sorry, Mark Fonacari said, um, "Left-handed Bieber with a hat on." <laughs> okay, uh, we were just talking about him. Bieber, too. Bieber's left-handed too. Come on now, mm -hmm. I seen him. I seen his shot in the in yes. the All Star games. Come on, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you start. I mean. There's a certain point where you've played enough people, and uh, yeah, the first couple times that you you play some big team or whatever, we uh, went and played. I think the the first time I, I fully felt it was uh, we my sophomore year. We played Hawaii when they were number one, and that was when they had that uh, just freaking. Yeah, uh, That's I think amazing. I think it was really unfortunate for them because they they should have won a national championship with that team with Joe Worsley. Yeah. They lost like, to Long Beach. They, State, and right? then losing to Long Beach. But yeah. I think I I mean, I haven't been around indoor for mm. my whole life. Yeah. But I think purely talent wise, those are probably the two best college teams to ever play. And that final was just something yeah. to watch. There's between those two teams, there'll probably be eight Olympians. Yeah. And that's a a lot. That's, is, in in a college match, that's incredible. I think it is. It was an all star game. Yeah. And and I liked it. Well my, my team was Ohio State, the mm -hmm. the repeat champions before them. Yeah. So that and I thought uh, that team was better. Yeah. But but, no, but I mean like no, we, we played them and I mean you like walk on the court and you're you're in a little bit of shell shock, you know what I mean? You're like, Holy crap, we're really playing all these people right now. Yeah. Um but speed. once you uh once you do that enough I don't care anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like that happened. You get that first couple times, you're like, oh my gosh, it's these people. But now it's just like, that's just the person that I'm. They're gonna lose today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care yeah. who they are now. That's yeah. my that's my competition. I don't care what they've done before. It's what they do, in in it's this great, moment. And it's a great mentality there. And I like the honesty of being in the moment. You're like, wow, okay. I seen that guy play, and the speed and how that dude hits is is of a different yeah. <laughs> miles per hour, <laughs> uh, and I think it's such a good time because right now where you are in your life, you're not putting yourself in a position where you look back at that and say it's fun. You actually realize you're in your moment now, and yeah. and, and that's a very special um, feeling. That's a very special yeah. way to live your life. It, um, on another note, it was also the first game 
in a long time, as far back as I can remember as a coach or a player, that I wasn't the one being heckled. <laughs> I was, you, yo, the hecklers came out full bore on um, Valela, right? Kevin yeah. Valela, who we found out later had staff or and amongst, uh, amongst Man, a that bunch dude, of other things. I, I got to give it to him. I mean, we did lose in, in the last round, but that dude was a trooper all yeah. day. And he's I a mean, real baller too, man. Yeah, and, but he's like freaking decked out in like sweat clothes because, I mean, he's got staff on his legs so he can't expose it. He's like he's wearing he called, all black in yeah. this in that hot ass. And he calls me, and he's like like literally the day the night of the deadline. With the deadline for Hermosa at that point was only a week before, and he's like, "Yeah, man, like I'm pretty sick. Like I've got this like infection, and I don't know if I'll be able to play." And I was like, "Dude, I can't find another person to play. Let's just run it. Like let's just see what there happens." There it is. Yeah. Um, and he would straight up like set an alarm on his phone, and just go sleep in his car in between every match, and that's what he would do, and like just. I mean, he was dying. Dude, warrior. And the uh, warrior that day. And, uh, I mean, for anyone, not, not for the any, result that we the, wanted, but that was still impressive. For anyone listening to this, uh, go on YouTube. Um, you Don't go on NY Varsity Sports because YouTube's not exactly doing me any favors as far as directing traffic. But if you keyword Corey Weber uh, versus um, Schultz and Jake Arudia, Great match. It was a qualifier last round. It was a play-in to get into the main draw in Hermosa Beach. And um, I know things are all sticking, man. Maybe we should just trade. Here, take that one. Are you sure? Um, Thank you. But it's it, guys, it's a match definitely worth watching because I don't want to brag or anything, but I think if I wasn't there, y'all would have won that. There, there, there were game. There, I mean, it was twelve nine technical timeout. You had some. You, it was eleven seven game two. That you've had. You had them on the ropes like every single time, and the whole time I'm just trying. I'm just giving them, as a coach in a real game, you can't be giving somebody a whole bunch of information. You just give them boom this and that. I'm like Earl, if you want to compete, set make sure you're the first one at the scene of the crown on the cover, <laughs> right? Because sometimes out of system, you want to deliver a good set, and 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 you're on the ground, you deliver this, you think is a good set, and your ass is still on the ground watching the set, right? It's like no, yeah, you better hit that shit. Get up, yeah, no, but get up, <laughs> yeah, right? Because <laughs> you're expecting to hit that, right? Because that's what we're thinking that's why we're still on the ground right so um uh but yeah one of those things i was like uh, okay this whole experiment with this lefty the, this we we not doing that no more okay so we don't have to ace this team to beat him i mean uh, jake is a streaky jump server and, he, and it wasn't on that game and i'm like you don't have to serve lollipops either just don't don't serve middle anymore let's work valela's left shoulder because valela's gonna um create his strength to the pin and I think range-wise, like Earl, Earl can get some four blocks or just stay in his face and just try to reach over first yeah. or whatever. And I thought that was the best way to beat you. We, we made that adjustment when we were down 12-9 um, um, the first set because we, we served you a bunch of times. And, and, in fact, we even served middle just to see if Kevin would take it. And you were taking his fucking balls. And I'm like, all right, we ain't doing that. No, uh, this whole thing. And I told you the story a hundred times, but like for our listeners who who are, you know, seeing you in studio first yeah. time, <laughs> um, they, they would appreciate that story. I'm like, no, we ain't. I'm like, no, nah, I ain't messing with this lefty. It's in his eyes. It's in your eyes now. The way you're looking at me now, like, you, like you're going to play me in a game of volleyball, man. I'm like, damn. <laughs> what the hell did I do? <laughs> but, um, so... You have pretty good momentum. You're uh, you're like, okay, this is a stage. We played this team, and then the next one, then the next one, and then as from 2019, 2020 was the yeah, year. Yeah, that was my last. That was my last qualifier of 2019 before yeah. I went off to to school. 
And so then, oh, Lincoln Memorial, yeah, yeah, and then that was your that was your 2020. We all know how that went. You got, yeah, <laughs> but uh, that ends up. It's a tearjerker. That story's a tearjerker. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it ended up being good as uh, far as we were talking about Facebook, being in a final somewhere every weekend, learning how to yes. win. Uh, it was the year of Corey. You were probably the, in my opinion, you were the most popular player on on the American beach scene. You were you were of you had the best ability. Um, which is availability. Yes, <laughs> which is availability. Everybody's like, what do you mean? Hybrid? He's like, he can block and dig. I'm like, oh, yo, that's also true. But no, you are available every weekend. Yeah. Um, and the AVP, they had three tournaments. And I thought the AVP did a really good job. I thought it was really clever getting a film permit. That was, um, whoever film, came up with that idea is pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty smart. Yeah. Well, California and a lot of states think of volleyball um, the people that don't play it, right? The, the, the brass are the people who support, who we vote in, mm-hmm. who, the people who we vote in to take care of us, just think of a crowd of people, six on six indoors. And they're thinking it's COVID. These, oh, they're gonna, these are super spreaders. They're not thinking of beach, mm-hmm. right? They're not thinking of the wind from ocean to uh, inland, the strand, just basically getting rid of any, any aerosol. Mm-hmm. So as far as uh, a safe sport to play, it was easily right i mean the only other sport i could think of was tennis right you had the referee on the high chair he's away yeah. the players are socially distanced the commentary team is literally on a bunker mm-hmm. <laughs> a bunker okay all right a, a bomb just hit new york it's yeah. okay the macaroons are okay pam shriver she was a, she was she's okay too they were all in the bunker mm-hmm. so did you feel as far as being a better version of yourself that the ascension from Corey to 2019 to Corey 2020 um, took up. Did it take? Was it a um, was it a big leap, or was it, or was it like uh, this gradual uh, build up from tournament to tournament? You know, 2019 I felt like is good momentum, but uh, I feel like 2020 was like a, a leaps and bounds, different different person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to give a shout out to to you met him there, Joey Keener. Joey is a uh, fucking man, dude. Ben, yeah, been my been my guy for the past two years, mm-hmm. and uh, really different adjustment not having him now uh, since being out here, but um, still really good positive things growing from it. But uh, we once COVID hit, uh, once I finally got back home because I was up at school stuck for two months because we didn't know how dangerous COVID <clears> was and. We didn't have COVID didn't up, want anyone to move, up in the yeah. mountains. <laughs> yeah, right. There <laughs> wasn't no COVID up there. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it was no COVID up there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, once I we got back, I mean, we we busted our ass every day, two hours in the sand. Uh, he was coaching me. We uh, we got a guy that um, would help me lifting every day. So I mean, we're just pulling double days every day, pretty much. Uh, to, talk talk to about me, maximizing your time. Huh? Yeah, to, to get me where I needed to be. Um, so, uh, yeah, I got to give a huge shout out to the leaps and bound f- there for, from him. Because, I mean, he, he put a lot of time and effort into me. And uh, a lot of his time and effort is paid off in uh, what we're seeing now. Right. And so uh, he he's helped build this, uh, I mean, what? we're I'm top 25 now as far as points go and I mean yeah 2019 I was uh 150th 160th so I mean that doesn't happen without him yeah and uh he had this crazy idea towards the end of 2020 he's like you know what we 
we gave you these ball skills where we're, we're a really good passer now, we're a really good setter. Um, but if we want to make the next level and we want to be the next level, and uh, you've got to be a defender. And so he's like, you know what, this offseason, in 2020 going into 2021, he's like, we're just uh, we're going to make you a defender. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, uh, we had Logan uh, take a chance towards the end of the year. And so, I mean, I just never had practiced. Um, but uh, as a defender, I mean, literally before I played uh, with Logan in September, I'd never practiced, single practice, had a defensive rep in my life. Or <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing back there at that point. <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, I had that turn with Logan and then I played with this guy, Max Martin, who's from Wisconsin and... Max we, is a beast, dude. Yeah, but we take Avery and Miles Partain to 15, 13, and a third right. in, in Nashville. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing back here. And I almost beat a top 10 team in the U.S. at that time. Right. I was like, there is no doubt in my mind that we can make this work. Yeah. Uh, it, is so it's, it was definitely a marriage of convenience, right? I yeah. think at the time, uh, Logan was looking for a good, a good um, hybrid, like an athletic defender, not necessarily someone short. Because I don't, I don't associate sh- um, short and tall with all those things. If you look at Trevor and try they split block, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the Latvians, they split block. Um, at least two or three teams from Brazil. I remember we had Ivandro Ev- at six foot eleven being a full time defender. defender. So, <laughs> so um, it worked for you because now you you are versatile as far as having good partners are concerned. Yeah. Like you, you could play with Reed Pretty tomorrow and mm-hmm. split block, and and it's okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right now you got Bill Kalinsky, which we're definitely going to get into in this podcast. Um. And I actually tried to show some discipline on timelines, but because of some of the things we're talking about, I, I have to, we have to give each other permission to jump back and forth. So, so yeah, that's, and that's, let's talk about um, our coach. Tell him his name, tell us his name again, the, our New Orleans guy, uh, who Joey. I love so much. Joey's a real coach. Joey's a real coach. Joey's really, really good at hardware and software, if you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation about Rob McLean, my boy, uh, physically, hardware. We call it fi- your, your physical preparedness. His hardware is immaculate. He can play with Ali San tomorrow. Um, yeah. Software had some issues, and now he's, you know, he's accepted who he is software-wise. And when, when you do that, you, you get better partners and you get a better game, better game. There are people who are personalities who are control freaks. Um, and there are people who are interchangeable. They can take control or give up control. I think you're in that category. Um, Jeff Samuels, uh, control freak. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think control freak as a term gets a bad rep. No, I'm just like, the, hey, this is how I like to do it. Can you, If you can do this with me and we can win, let's make that shit work. Um, that's what I mean by control freak. Rob McLean, control freak. Um, Bill Kalinske, your partner, control freak. Not super freak, but control freak, you know? And I'm only mentioning this is be- because it's going to lead to my next question. There are, in my in my experience, there's no such thing as 50-50 control, mm-hmm. you know, unless the, the entire the, unless you have a partnership that's and a, and, a, and a team that's entirely run by the coaches. Yeah. Uh, okay, then that then that's a control freak. So with Logan, what was the balance? Yeah, I uh... was was I know it's pretty close to the middle, but which side of the middle? Um, it's. Pretty hard to say. I would say um, Logan uh, had to. So previously, I knew this from playing Logan all of 2020. But um, he uh, 
he like had this mental block, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't think anybody would tell you that he didn't, but um, he could get pretty mental. And uh, my, my huge thing was making sure that he didn't get that way. Right. Cause he would self implode. And if that guy like just does what he does, he's incredible. Yeah. Like I saw him last night. Yeah. I saw him play yesterday. Like he could with like, Miles Evans, but easily ahead. be one of those next big blockers. You know what I mean? To, to take over in the U S for, a he's while. going to have to be too. Yeah. Like, considering who's retired and who's left. Right? Yeah. Like ahead. Um, but a lot of the times he, he'd get in his own way and like, you and and this is the the one thing I like figured out about him was like okay like if I do this against him like I'm not gonna give his secrets away or how to how to beat him because I don't want to do that to to anybody but I was like if I do this against him I I could see it tick every time every yep. time and then like if you just keep doing it throughout a game he starts to really just blow up and so I was like all right my whole goal is to figure out how that doesn't happen when we play together right and uh. Or if it does, how long is that supposed to happen? Yeah. A little, a little sneak in comment. Alexi Guter said, um, "Who's your new blocker now?" We're uh, Bill Kalinsky. So we just want to say that real, real quick. Um, played with Jeff last night. Good blocker, but got sneaky blocker. Yeah. But um, um, so the question, my question is, so, uh, when it happens, not if, because it's gonna happen, because that's just who it is. Um, how the question is, how long, right? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So it was. Well, and it's also like the extent of to which that happens. You know what I mean? And Logan's, I mean, I think this is kind of everybody. You And like, this is something I learned from Joey really, really well. And the mental side is um, you always want to be like, and uh, you just want to be that person that like, you, you want to make people feel the best that they can feel. You know what I mean? And I've been talking, we've been working with uh, Ty Trambley a little bit, and he talks a lot about that, but in as far as an actual skill level type of thing, okay, yeah. you want to make this person feel good because you pass a really clean ball that makes them feel really easy to set, or you want to give this person a really good set that they feel like they can just go and do whatever they want with. But that's, that's also a mental thing, you know what I mean? You, if you can make somebody feel like they can do anything, then they can do anything. And when you give somebody with like the hardware that Logan has, and then he feels like he can do anything. Mm -hmm. That's scary. Yeah. Um, and so as far as that, I felt like mentally I was a little more in control there. But I think we were pretty interchangeable as far as if like a um, tournament or like like a, a team or a strategy was was happening. Like if one of us saw something or we felt something, we, we had a pretty good trust in each other. And uh, just like we played so many tournaments and figuring things out that we were like, you know what? Like if you see something, if you, if you feel something, I like trust you. And so that was a, that's a pretty, pretty good dynamic. That's a great relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Look, when I played grass, I had a, a really good partner and um, I have long arms. So we, we split block. He was six, five. I'm only six, one, but um, my wingspan is six, eight. Mm -hmm. Just, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Um, and like there would be some calls where he'd call like line or, or like a three or whatever, but then like change and I would change. And if I missed my assignment, like on like if the person went like hard angle and he's at line and I just I just went I, I left early. There wasn't this uptight kind of like motherfucker, stay home. What did I just say? You just hear, you know, so there was yeah. there was this um, 
like you said, there was this whole um, trust in a relationship to allow yourself to make mistakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what the example I gave you is bad because that's just a dumb mistake. Sometimes, you know, if, if you can stay home, and at that time I could, I could stay home and run and run anything mm-hmm. down. And I'm like, what the? F-? He's right. What the fuck am I doing? So, so I, I I like that, and I get that, and I think he's. I think, and I like that. Um, someone like him who has demons to conquer from the uh, between the ears, mm-hmm. the muscles between his ears. That uh, to some people that never goes away, but um, you, what you can do is make sure it, th- those moments aren't long, aren't big and long. Yeah, some of them can last four points. Guess what? You just fucking lost twenty one nineteen, and then you're looking back at four points that you love to have back. Yeah, and that was because because of that, you know. So um, I don't even know why I brought that up because it's not like an issue with you. I was just trying to bring up the the concept of. You you being interchangeable like this. Some yeah. some guys are like, look, okay, let's do it. Let's do it this way. What do you think? You know, yeah. boom. And there's some guys that that are like, all right, let's I, let's just, hey, I got an idea. Let's do it this way. And you're like, cool, I'm down. So uh, so I think the thing I like about you is that you're very interchangeable as far as giving up control and taking control. It's uh, you know? part I was of, a control freak, dude. It's part of that thing yeah. to win, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If if I know how my partner's brain works and mm-hmm. this the if they need that control then and that makes them play their best and that's how they process mentally and work the best way yeah then we're probably going to give that to them so that we can get the best version of them 100 percent. or guess what okay yeah. i feel comfortable in my iq and and like how i can control a game and okay you don't feel comfortable in that let's take reverse the role i'll control the game and try it you know what i mean yeah well so it's just... man i love we're getting a lot of activity on this live thing he said the same thing you just said if you feel something take it i'm cool you're like i'm cool either way that's yeah. a lexi comment commenting what else mark said um i knew evan had the goods in 2016 uh, new orleans avp with hamilton he was just in high school uh, playing riley and ian yeah that yeah. was the infamous 11 11 7 qualifier Ooh. Do you remember that happening? So no, tell me. We had a shit ton of rain in New Orleans. <laughs> Shocker. I gotta get. Shocker, let me get ready right? for this. <laughs> Shocker, right? Um, on Thursday, on Thursday. So we keep getting an email. Hey, and I, I took off school that day. I was like, I'm going to play in this qualifier. I, Come on, man. Where's just and where's your math and science teacher? They're in the crowd watching. So stop. Um, anyway, <laughs> but keeps getting delayed. Keeps getting delayed. Me and JD are just sitting at IHOP. We're eating our breakfast, and we're like, "Damn, bro, this shit keeps getting delayed. How, are we going to get to play today?" I was like, "I just took out school for no reason." Um, and uh, <laughs> but we end up playing at like noon is the first game for mm-hmm. the qualifier, and so the AVP makes a executive decision to turn the qualifier into 11 11 7 wow. matches and uh we win our first match and then we oh you mean uh um side out no oh just quick rally. side out scoring 11 11 7 or like rally yes like uh, lightning in a bottle yeah good lord um, oh my god dude and so um we win our first game and then we end up playing riley uh mckibben he was playing with ian satterfield ian satterfield yeah and uh we just barely lose the first set, and I have a swing. Was it win by two? Um, yeah. Okay. So I have a swing to tie it up at tens, and we have the momentum going at that point. We had a little like break. Uh, I have a swing on the left side in transition as a, after a dig, like a, a block, turn, peel, dig, and I just go to swing angle, and I just 
hit it far out on the the angle swing. We lose 11-9, and then about two points into the second set, JD messes his knee up. And uh, but we felt like we felt in that moment like we can do this, dude. Yeah. And um, that's kind of I think what Mark's talking about there is we um, we we felt like we could hang with a team like that, and I was 18 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Riley is someone whose defense got really, really good. Um, I thought he had good quickness, but I never thought he had good speed. Mm-hmm. I thought like anything that was a little out where he had, where his first step was effed, he was effed, and 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 no one really no, noted him as a great defender, at least mm-hmm. on at the high level. But um, when we played, we played him in the main draw, 2019. Um, that we won that play in to get in. Riley was just. Even if he missed, he couldn't miss. And then his transition—he was his philosophy is there's always you can always go cross court. There's there's so many always ways to hit cross. Yes, there's always, always more, more angle. angle, dude. Please tell Evan to stop jumping that high. Stop it, <laughs> Alexi. We got you. Um, so actually, I'm playing something in the background. Um, you might see it on your screen a little bit right there. Yeah, I'm just playing that. When we get to the end, we'll actually I'll actually pause that and we'll talk about that. But, um, so let's fast forward to, cause we already established you, you were my, you're, you're the best player and, um, upcoming player in 2000, like, um, rising stars. Everyone says 2021 bullshit, 2020, you carry, you carried beach volleyball. Oh, and that was amazing to watch. And as a full-time blocker at that, um, and I'm up and dude, and, and I don't know, there's a three hour difference. I'm watching games at nine o'clock yeah. here Pacific. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I'm like, if it's not, wait a second, this is live. It's this like, is live. And yeah. it's nine o'clock Pacific. What? Holy shit. We're playing games at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, Texas, Florida. My, my first tournament win ever was in Louisiana. Um, and I'm 17 at the time, and uh, we finished at 3 a.m. Because <laughs> there, I mean, it gets so freaking hot that mm-hmm. like uh, we'll have tournaments start at three, mm-hmm. um, so we can kind of get out of that midday heat, and and uh, so people don't just cramp out. Um, and we have, all the complexes have lights and stuff, and so that's what we would do. And so I've played plenty of finals past midnight easily. That's just normal. <laughs> I want to talk about the kind of guy you are because um, we were talking about uh, what's your situation and what are you going to do about it. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and, I, and I really meant to say this. So I want to say this really quick and then we'll go back to that. And a, a great example of what your situation is and what's not fair or what doesn't feel right and what are you going to do about it was um, I wrote down. Where is it? Um, out in Atlanta in for Chicago. <laughs> you... Um, fuck that. I'm talking too much. Tell everybody what happened. Qualifier in Atlanta and then what you did this about it. This is the ultimate what are you going to do about it story. <laughs> Isn't it? Because, I mean, not? not only does it have the fact of we, we don't qualify on, on Thursday. We, man, that one, that one will haunt me for a while because we should have been in. Yeah. Um, but, uh. Who'd you lose to in a qualifier we, in Atlanta? We lost to Miles and Avery. Okay. Um, they were playing good volleyball at the right time, too. And they ended up finishing, what, we, fifth in, in we, Chicago? Um, we won the first set. We're up 19-16 in the second set. No. So you won. Wait, okay. Let's go back. 
We won. I'm going to do it every Corey. We won first set, and we're up 19-16 second set. Continue. And, um... <laughs> that was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I blew it. I'll, and I'll say it on that one. I, yeah. I, I blew that match, and, um... You learn. Uh, that's all I have to say sound on like, that one. It sound like you can, John Mayer. You can go watch it on YouTube. I have a, it's it's posted up there. I'm pretty sure. Um, that's yeah. I just I think I got a little forward uh, ahead forward. of yourself, and I was like, yeah, we got this already. Yeah. And we, that happens. You're we, you're thinking about who we do we play in the first round, and you're like, we, wait, we still got one more. Then we didn't, and. Uh, Man, there was a there was a picture. Um, Phil Burrow actually sent me like the link of all of it, and it's good photography. He like yeah, but he sent me. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, dude, is this picture really out in the universe? And it's just me sitting there in the player's box after, and I'm just like, that really just happened. And uh, but you know what? You have your five minutes. Uh, Logan and I we didn't plan on losing, but. Um, you know, we had a contingency plan of, okay, if we lose, we're signed up for Seaside, um, which is, oh, yeah, only 3,000 miles away. Um, and you only play the next day. Right. Um, and you only made it to the last round of the qualifier, so you have to get the last flight out mm-hmm. and uh, most likely get into Portland at 11 o'clock at night. Um, so um, we hit the airport. <laughs> We hit the airport and I'm in the security line and they're like, oh yeah, your flight's delayed two hours. You're not going to make your connection in Phoenix to Portland. And I was like, oh crap. And so I'm freaking out the entire time at the desk. I'm like, what's, what can you do? What can you make happen? Um, then the flight gets undelayed for a little bit and then they're like, oh yeah, you'll make your connection now. Well, awesome. Yes. I'm going to make it. No. So we sit on the, the runway for 45 minutes with no. some kind of, I don't know, we can't take off. So I am like super suspicious and I'm like, you know what? I don't think we're going to make the connection now. So I go and buy the $8 Wi-Fi on Southwest and I'm like looking stuff up and they're like, oh yeah, your flight's at nine o'clock tomorrow morning out of Phoenix. To, to get to Portland and you won't get there until like three o'clock and I was like that ain't gonna work chief. no because ain't gonna work chief. yeah, yeah. That, that bird ain't gonna hunt <laughs> and so uh we we talk about our five minutes right and I'm like what am I gonna do so guess what I just start looking up flights mm. um and I drop another little pretty penny because Logan didn't wasn't on the same flight so he made it uh at like 12 30 that night and uh I'm like, there's a flight on Alaska Airlines at like five in the morning. So I, I land in Phoenix at like 11. Uh, then I, 11 PM, right? PM. And then I end up going and, uh, get, they give me a hotel, the voucher, whatever for the hotel. Then I have to wake up at 3 AM the next day to go and, uh, get on the flight for the 5 AM to Alaska Airlines. Alaska gets me to Portland at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And then uh, for those who know Seaside, Seaside's an hour and a half drive. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Hour and a half drive from Portland Airport to Seaside. So yeah. Logan picks me up from the airport and we just go. Yes. Boom. And uh, we walk onto the court with five minutes to the start of our first game. We thankfully had a bye. 
so we didn't have to play the first round. All right. Um, so our first game's at like 11.30, something like that. How many fucking people knew about this? <laughs> Was, were, you, were you the only two that knew about this? At the time? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then a few like like friends and stuff who I was supposed to be staying with. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be staying tonight because I'm in Phoenix. <laughs> um, so we walk onto the court, and I don't know if anybody knows uh, Tanner Woods and Evan Enriquez, but, uh, I mean, Tanner's got a freaking cannon of an arm. Yeah. And that's how we play first round. So I'm on four hours of sleep off of a plane, hour and a half drive, no warm-up, and I'm playing this kid who probably has one of the best jump surfs yeah. out there especially in shallow sand he's hitting Jeez. indoor jump surfs and just tagging it's like jump it is like jumper sand out there yeah mm. and um me and logan like he serves the first ball and we look at each other and we're like oh shit um uh, somebody had his sleep last night yeah um <laughs> but we end up pulling it out uh end up finding a way to win um yeah. and then uh yeah the rest is the rest is history we we uh, end up losing to Travis and Adam uh, to make it to the semis. And uh, so we flipped to the other side of the bracket, and sure enough, we see them in the finals. We uh, we get a good night of sleep. Um, nice. From Friday to Saturday, and we're ready to go the next day. And uh, we win Seaside. And uh, we're in we're into uh, Chicago, which was awesome. Yes. And uh, so that's, far- uh, that's uh, I think, uh, probably an epitome of a uh, a five minutes, yeah. Sulk, you didn't make Atlanta, but guess what? There's still there's still a job to be done, and there's still opportunity out there. Yep. You got to go make your opportunity, though. Yeah, I um, and just for the record, for the people listening, Seaside, the winner of Seaside, what we're talking about here was an automatic bid. If you won Seaside, it was an automatic bid for the main draw in Chicago, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we're, we'll get into the automatic other automatic bid in a minute. And I like your story, and I'm not saying you're a type of person, but it is a type of per- that that kind of what are you gonna do about it? There are there are similar stories. I'll give you another example. Um, Mark Burek, this was um, 2017 or 2018, San Francisco. They had to, to qualify or whatever. It's either him and he, no, it's him and Hudson Bates. Jack, Jack, dude. If you ever seen, him. I got recruited by Hudson. Yeah, he's got, dude. College. He's got muscles in places. I don't have. Pla- I don't have places. His, he's got muscles on his muscles. I, yeah, I don't even have a plate. Do we have a place for that? I don't even have. Do I have a my little puny arm? My little puny arm. But um, they didn't qualify for San Francisco. So what do they do? They get on a plane and they go to the Pottstown Rumble. Pottstown Rumble is is the biggest the biggest grass tournament. In, in, in America, I know there's Wapaka, and I know we got to give credit where credit's due, but no, it's grass. It's, this institution is grass and only grass, and, and just the environment and the amounts of people that it attracts. Pottstown rumbles it, and he ends up winning. <laughs> so it was, and it was one of those things from like when I heard your story, because, um, uh, and I forgot who told me, I think Sean might have told me, mm-hmm. Ladig, right? I said, damn, that's some Mark Burek shit. And um and everybody and and for anyone asking like who Mark Burek is, look up that name. Talk about a guy who bet on himself. Talk about a guy who put all the work in. I'm not saying he did all of it by himself, but when someone says I did this all by myself, but you get help from here and there, but the volume of work you done uh, qualifies you to say I did this all by myself. Yeah, he did that all by himself. He that that and that's the kind of person. Since we're talking about types of people, mm-hmm. right? Um, that I would I would like to convey that sentiment. So you got that for um, Chicago. 
was Coconut Beach or Wapaka for a bid? So yeah, they both, we got a double bid into Manhattan. So they were both for Manhattan. We were like, can we use this for another? <laughs> can we use this for another stop? Yeah. And they were like. Because uh, they just give it to Rafu, right? Well, uh, the yeah, but they were the runner-up. But they were in as well. Oh, they had, okay. And then in Wapaka, we played the Bombgrins and Tim was playing with K-Spear. So neither of them were used as like the, the runner-up bid. So it just knocked up a team with, with points into it but um it was the year of new orleans versus all of y'all because you had your your counterpart on the other side uh kristen nuss yeah along with her relative uh, uh, uh neighborhood giant right you know i don't like calling her a giant because louisiana you know, and they're they're midwest yes they're midwest blockers but i'm i'm careful about calling a woman that because they were on the podcast and you you're this giant woman always be called being called this big woman and this giant woman. It's kind of uncomfortable because they're already heavier than other women, but mm -hmm. even though it's all muscle and there's one of those things where those kind of women, they have to learn how to um, just accept who they are. And instead of hunching and looking kind of oafish and clumsy amongst the little people, right? Fuck that. Stand. If you're six, five stand this way. And if someone has a, someone's uncomfortable standing next to you, Fuck off, mm -hmm. you know, and and, uh, and she's got that, and I yeah, like that, and I, I like that she stands tall and she has her head high, and it's like I'm not here to be part of the ensemble cast, right? So if you want to meet a hunch, you know, you should have got a shorter person. I'm I'm the star. She's of this here show. to stand out. Yeah, I'm the star of this show. Boom, I'm here. So I like that you and Kristen were kind of taking care of all kinds of business at the same time. In fact, let's go to the highlight. Because we're on Coconut Beach, because I want to talk about what that means to you. But I feel like if I put a, a highlight, that's going to make you all emotional and shit. And, that's, and, you, and, and I'm a baiter like that. Hater J becomes baiter J. So what do you think of that? So let's put this on. Right now, but I know it's dark and I know the lights are shining. The, on the light shining the brightest right now is Evan Corey and Logan Weber, particularly Weber on that block, just straight down. So this high is level. what? Where are we at? 2018. Reach 11.5 plus. So let's. And that was taken away from him. But now every tournament he seems to be getting it back, one play at a time. Match this is a great play, one. by the way. Watch this keep in play. This is crazy. This is way out there. My goodness, he played that for the match, Corey. And look at the whole family. Look at the whole family losing their mind. It's the boys. Yes. Hey, welcome back. The band is back together, and I hope you guys stay together because I love what I saw a few years ago before and after Ed Ratledge, and I hope you stay together. But today does not belong to them. Today belongs to the hometown heroes. Today belongs to the most improved player of the year, Logan Weber. Today belongs to Evan Blue Nose Corey. <laughs> That's enough. Stop begging, Jason. <laughs> Oh, man, talk about a guy who can't shut up, man, <laughs> when you keep going. It's like, about time you shut up, man. Can you just not commentate and let and have the camera zoom in and let this guy have his moment? All right, so talk to me about this, something I call this fucking level up situation. You've already played Rafa and Peter. You've played a lot of these people before, but there's a stage where the atmosphere, the atmosphere feels different. It feels like a, a, a tour stop. 
mm-hmm. the way they set it up. They set up the court and the lights and and the, the bleachers and the media the uh, um, area and the media tents and all that stuff next to the restaurant. The restaurants are basically on the sand, mm-hmm. and they set up this center court and court one for that matter. The court behind it, they set it up where it looks either just bigger than what it's supposed to be, or maybe it became big on its own. And then the people came in, and everyone's drinking, and everyone's having a good time, and everyone's cheering on the home. And this atmosphere leads to this very, very moment where you win a very, very tough semifinals. Good, a big quarterfinals, too. It was Jeff Samuels, right? Well, I thought it was playing really good ball. Uh, the no, no he, it was, um, we played Brad Connors in the quarters. Yes, Connors. Sorry about that. No, but semis was Dentler and Ferrari, yeah. which I thought Ferrari's playing the best volleyball I've seen him play the entire year. That was yeah. probably his, it was a masterful performance on his part. And Dentler, brother from another mother, goes without saying. We coached together for years at Endless Summer, and we and were attached on that level. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you the coaching staff later, man. All of those are great guys. But this is the finals. Um, describe to me the atmosphere. Um, describe to me something that feels out of the ordinary in a good way. Um, talk me, walk me through, walk me through the beginning of the game before you even pass the ball. Yeah. So, um, going into that game, I mean, uh, all weekend. So, um, the people who run coconut beach, uh, the AVP kind of knew about Taryn and Kristen and, and, uh, what yeah. they were about and kind of yeah they they were showcasing them uh, a good bit trying to put them on center court um, but but my people at coconut um, they were like yo you need to get this guy on on center court like he's he's good like he's a Louisiana guy if you want to fill this thing up like you need him on stadium court and they're like and they, they just keep putting it off basically um, that was my first game on stadium court all weekend and uh, pretty much my mentality um, going into it was like, uh, if you don't want to put me there, I'm going to make you put me there. What are we going to do about it? <laughs> this I, isn't this isn't fair. This sucks. You're going to what comes next? You're, you're going to have to put me there and you're going to eat your words and about wanting to showcase your your AVP stars that were your there. people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so guess what? It was I thought it was pretty uh, apt that. Um, if you go and watch the semifinals and you were commentating the semi semifinals, I called it. I had the pleasure of calling um, it, and but, I and I did it solo. And you, yeah, and um, but <clears> if you look, um, and you can see it in the background on court one, um, going onto the stadium court, um, there's court one where I'm playing, and then there's stadium court where there is a main draw match going on. Yeah, Rafa it was, it was Peter Rafa and Peter against against Eric and Troy. Yep. But um, the one thing I don't think the AVP realizes. Uh, how New Orleans feels about their people and how we claim our people. And uh, go see how many people were sitting in the stands there and uh, go see how many people were crowded up on top of each other just trying to watch my game. Well, you and, know what? Uh, I'm going to handle that one for you, okay? As someone who sat uh, where the commentating booth was and we were top dead center, uh, where we, we, we were pretty much at center court, but we had a corner a spot where we can call court one. So I, as someone that had a bird's eye view of both, I got to tell you what a real it was, center, it gotta was tell like, you what a real center court was, man. It was like a uh, freaking happy Gilmore when they climbed the, 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 the satellite <laughs> tower. They had, they had people climbing up into your broadcast booth and up on the chairs and stuff. I was like, it's crazy. 
Yes. Um, Dude, that was. Yeah, but uh, going into that game, um, uh, my my mentality from moment one after we won the semifinals. Yeah. Uh, literally, I, I didn't care. You know what I mean? I was like, this is my event. This is. Did you feel the energy from the crowd? Was it? Oh, is it something I'm, that you ignore uh, uh, one way or the other, or did you feel it? That's uh. So I'm somebody who I'm obviously a pretty emotional player. I, I, I let my emotions be seen on the court. Um, yeah. Kind of get loud, boisterous, and um. The crowd in Louisiana, you could definitely tell that's where I get it from. <laughs> but um, that's something I feel, and I and you know it's like I was saying, it's well, it's allow you're allowed to welcome those feelings in. Yeah. And it's not uh, the feeling, it's how you react to the feeling. Um, so I'm going to let these people's emotions carry me. Um, I was dog tired. I mean, we played, I think that was our fifth match of the day. I'm exhausted. Oh, so yeah, these people and what they feel and their emotions towards me, I'm going to let that carry me. Um, Guess what? If you're in a hostile environment, I love playing in a hostile environment too. So the feeling is, you know what I mean? It's how you react to that feeling. And it's, you know, all right, well, if you're gonna all going to be against me, then let's that ride North versus all y'all. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, but going into that game, there was no, like you were saying, there, there, there was no, if I lose, there is, there is none of that. No, it's... I, I knew I was going to win. I knew I recognize the look. Yeah. I recognize the look. This is two years removed, and um, almost two years, like almost exactly two years, when yeah. I first met you. And that's um, <clears throat> something like you know, like it. It really felt like my coming out party, and it was like you know what? This is at my my home. I'm seven minutes of a drive from this place. Um, nobody really wanted to take serious about what I did last year because. Uh, it was during COVID and blah blah. blah. And I was like, well, everyone, guess everyone what? had excuses. Well, yeah. guess what? There's four main draw teams here in this tournament, and I won. Yeah. <laughs> this is my tournament. Fact, I don't care if you think that it's yeah. because it's my place. That's why I won. No, it's because I was better than all of you that day. Well, I think the sweeter part is you took the top two seeds and basically had this attitude like, I won every game up up until this point. So now the top two seeds, if they want to be in the finals to have the honor of playing the hometown boy, you 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 reverse the psychology. If you guys want the right to play me, you have to go on center court and beat the hell out of each other, right? Mm -hmm. And um uh there was a lurking variable, right? I, I know Peter Marciniak had uh cramping issues and But if anybody, a lot of people if anybody watches that match after the, the first 20 points or so yeah there was no cramping no. at that point they're running he's running all around the court running these different plays 100 percent. and he's not 100 percent. but guess what like i was saying i was dog tired too nobody Everyone was 100 percent. no we were all in we you were all, all played you all played in the same humidity right you all played multiple matches on sunday right of course because it's new orleans and it was a, del a delay and you had to play extra matches because there was a delay on saturday yeah. right is that what happened but um, I like the, the the great environment because the night lights allow some of these people who are uh, like if you have a double elimination tournament and you, and you got to finish some of these games, no problem. It's New Orleans. We've got night lights. In fact, night, playing at night might even work better because you don't have to worry about the humidity in the day. When you have, if you're in an environment like New Orleans, very much like New York, very much like um, Honolulu or uh, Waikiki Beach, um, night night time night life is nice because it was hot and humid during the day. And I'm like, you don't have to. 
There's no, there's no desert weather there. You no, can, I you come. can, you can go a tank top here. and shorts. I came here and I was like, damn, it's freezing it's cold at night, <laughs> and it says sixty degrees. I was like, ain't no damn six degrees. <laughs> yeah, I look the biggest honey dicking. Uh, I got uh, hoodwinking. I got hoodwinked into um, when I bought this house though, the broker mm-hmm. only took us during the daytime, right? So I'm, I'm on the roof. I show you my roof, and yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna be on my laptop. Every night, I'm just, just you know, watching the sunset. And man, I went up there the first two nights. And these are the nights that it wasn't windy because the wind could be gnarly here. And I'm like, holy shit, it's cold. This isn't, this is not what I imagined from New York. And I'm not, I'm not complaining that, that I, well, I don't like that. I hate that, but it's mm-hmm. not like a bitch. It's, I just wear a coat if you want to be up there. But you, but you see what I'm saying though? The night, the night scene. Like, I'm going to go back to this picture again. Sorry. I want people to see, because it was a sunset game, and then when the sun set, like see see this part, the sun setting and the night lights are coming on. It's such a um, the at, look at the atmosphere, dude. Look at the crowd. Uh, it's it's a sunset, and, and like these stadium lights come on, and I mean, what a what a classy classy setup by by the people of new orleans and then the partnership in the avp it was an honor it was it was my coming out party too because mm. everyone knew that i had skills i have i have good mic skills they, they just consider me a loose cannon because i i say a lot of shit but but in my defense just like your defense with with uh, Rafa and peter in my defense there's never no one can never name an, an instance where I came to do a job commentating and I was a loose cannon. I'm 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 a loose cannon on my own time. That's none of your fucking businesses, right? Yeah. Um, and just like that with you, with Peter Marciniak, you're win. You're win. First of all, you're winning that game anyway. Second of all, all four players played that played under those conditions. Third of all, even if he was hurt, you still have to win that game. Right, I'm all. He'll get all the fucking credit in the world if he won. Right, he if he won, he was already in a win-win situation. If he won, oh, he was oh, he did it with a bad wheel. And if he lost, oh, I lost because of the bad wheel. So you are already in a negative a negative inference situation anyway. If you allowed that shit to creep up in your head, you didn't have time for that. You mm-hmm. you you have already um, set your the, your previous years set you up for 2021. And I'm only talking more now because it's important, but. All everything we just told the story you told about Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. And qualifying the story that Wapaka, we never going to get into con- the conditions that you had to whatever. You know, and I mean, there, that's the story, and, right? And that was even yeah. better because I felt like I was under even worse conditions because I wasn't able to practice for a month because I was coaching indoor at the yes. time. Yeah. So I was literally coaching. Giving back to the Bayou boys for like two or three weeks. Giving back to practiced. the Bayou boys. Yeah. My man. And um, <laughs> no, but my my point is. All of these things where shit happened to you and you said, what do I, what, do, uh, what, what now? What, what do I do about it? We don't need to go as far back as 2016. All of that shit happened in 2021, mm-hmm. right? Wapaka was a, quali- was a bid for uh, Manhattan. Uh, Manhattan Beach. Yeah. So you ended up being, being in the draw twice because you had, all right, this situation sucks. Reset. What do I do? Fucking man's man, dude. Um, and that's all I wanted to say about that. But so my next question is this. We, we, we know about your mindset going into this tournament. All right. Take me to the moment. And this is this is always this always leads to the fun part. <laughs> and, and people watch like, yeah, this is what I paid my money for, Jason. Take me to the final play of Coconut Beach. 
you get this dig, right? It's cross court. I thought it was a. Like I thought Rafa, did, Rafa was diligent in, in keeping it in play. I thought that was just going to hit the pin. Um, you get this dig. Set seems like a drifter, and but you see the pull, right? What the fuck am I talking for? Take me through last play. Yeah, so I mean, at that point, you know that you've got a guy who's got a a leg that's not, you know, one hundred percent. You know that he's been pulling a lot during the game, super early, and right. I kind of, which I think hurt him. I thought if he just stayed at the net and turned around, Ross yeah. Would probably... Um, but you, you kind of, I've kind of figuring out. Okay, this is like the height that's needed to get over him. This is, and, and so you know what I mean. Like he got me a couple times. You can go watch the film, and he'd kind of gotten me a couple times. The good pro, like knuckle dig, and I was like, and and that one, I I felt it right when I hit it. I was like, it's over him, and that's why you can like see I'm literally like stumbling back and I just fall down because I'm like I know, like as as I see it going over his head, like. Grab, grabbing for it and I'm like nope he doesn't have it and he doesn't have it and then I just fall down um and uh yeah after that moment uh you know there's a there's a group of guys that got on the court a lot of my good friends from home um a lot of guys who had seen me grind uh some of the guys from our practice group um you'll see Joey out there so they they know the work that went into that win and uh that's what probably made it the most special was like uh the people who have seen the behind the scenes, um, the people who know what you've been doing, um, and can truly, those are, the ones, those are the ones that rush the court. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly because that's like the people who truly appreciate what just happened. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's a, a huge thing um, in life. A lot of people are here nor there to, to criticize and say what you do, but um, it's awesome whenever you have that kind of group of people who do actually see what you do day in and day out. Uh, finally see like it pay off because um, they know kind of what you've been through, what people say. And like, how did that feel? Didn't that, didn't that feel that last play drops, you're laying on, on, on the sand? I really, uh, was it numb? Yeah. And, <laughs> but it, you'll kind of go see there too. And this is how like literally we were talking uh, about, I wasn't going to lose. I knew I wasn't going to lose. You can go and watch and there's, there's two beers and the guy, Rob Bruce, Shorter guy with the big beard runs yes. Coconut Beach. And I told him before the match, I was like, look, you better have two beers waiting for me after I win this game. And, and, right and y'all could stone he's cold. Got him. He's got him. And y'all could stone cold ten. Steve Austin. Oh, and, if you, and I don't even know if they showed all the way at the end. But I, 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 I told him, I was like, I'm shotgunning a beer on this court after I win. This is my celebration. This is a huge thing of relief for me. Yeah, I was like, I'm celebrating this thing. And yeah. then, what other way than in the 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 city of New Orleans to celebrate with a, a nice celebratory ice cold beverage? Yes, you should have went on a referee's chair and just took two of them, like Stone Cold, Stone cold. bang them together, and then just ah. <laughs> Good for you, dude. Alexi, uh, my man, Alexi's uh, staying with us this whole podcast. He says, how do you not cramp anything specific and different that works for you during these long matches six days ago? Uh, everyone's asking why I keep reading Alexi's comments, because this guy, I, I, I don't know if a lot of people know, and I don't know if he knows that I know. He um, he played at Penn State. OG. Yeah, he won a chi- I think he won a chip at Penn State. Yeah. yeah. OG, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I, I'll take a first stab at, at the cramping thing. The cramping thing for me, when you play outdoor, and Alexi, I'm sure you played a lot of grass court in different different environments, and I'm sure you pl- probably played the Pottstown Rumble because that's like an indoor player's delight. 
Um, you just you if if you spend enough time there and you, you recognize your humidity, you recognize how how much as far as water retention and how and how much you keep water, then you um, the more you play there, the more your body become, becomes accustomed to it. That's the physical part. The yeah. nutrition part, make sure you drink a gallon of water the night before. Make sure, like me personally, I'd eat I'd eat like a chicken palm hero or veal palm palm hero or or pizza the night before as far as carb loading, a vitamin K, um, bananas. Um, nuts uh, 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 for zinc uh, cashews nuts yeah. Brazil nuts good for your testosterone level so I could get into the whole, trust me I'm 51 years old but I don't look like it because I can get into the whole nutrition thing in, yeah. in a second but go ahead I think uh, well for me one growing up in the southeast you playing that all the time yep so yeah. that helps me out the um, Brazilians cramped out right they forfeited yeah they forfeited they against did. Kristen Nuss for people listening there uh, Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth won and I'm not saying they wouldn't have won anyway, but that, that I mean, because that would have been a revenge match because their their last loss in the tournament was months ago and it was to the Brazilians in a yeah. game they were leading 12-9, right? Yeah. That was in Florida or something like that. So mm-hmm. they wanted that match. Yeah. But the Brazilians cramped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think that and then uh, just knowing your atmosphere. So for me, like if I'm playing in the Southeast, you've got to know, you've got to chug fluids the yeah. day before the day of yeah um well the day of small portions because that'll make you cramp up too you drink too much you just cramp up and so for me it's like the day of it would probably be like a a gatorade or whatever you know whatever electrolytes you want it's just that's the most common one usually it's the most accessible one um but uh like a gatorade to to two waters because you i think the most like most people do you dilute it do you, uh, do you do regular Gatorade and Diluta? Do you do like G2? I, I G2, just, do you count like grams of sugar and stuff like that? Not on tournament days. All right, I mean, cool. You go and look. I have like the whoop or whatever. And there if I is. was counting calories on tournament days, I had to eat like four large to get fail. it all back. I mean, <laughs> you fail. There's like some 6,000 calorie days and you're like, <laughs> all right. And there ain't no possible way to put all that back on in a day. Yeah, uh, just, so yeah. you know what? During that day, you got to eat what you got to eat. You got to put in your body what you got to put in your body. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, I'd say like one Gatorade to every two waters because that's the I think that's the mistake a lot of people make. They get like a gallon of water. Like I finished a gallon of water. Why didn't Why am I cramping? It's because you're not retaining the water after like you go to the bathroom for the first two times or sweat for the first yeah, time. Percentage you lose, wise, you lose a lot of your electrolytes, so you got to keep replenishing it throughout the day. And that's something I had to learn because I I did used to cramp a lot uh, growing up um, mm-hmm. in that because I didn't know how to to deal with all of it. Um, so it's just, yeah, a yeah. lot, I, I think electrolytes are important, not just to start, but throughout the day as well. It's probably my secret or my tip there. Yeah. For, for me personally, my body, um, maybe it's just my military service or whatever. My body didn't give permission for it to fail until the job was done. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Pottstown Rumble, I played a open this two days. Mm-hmm. I played that. I, t- I took a I think a fifth with um, with Flacco with uh, a big evil, and I didn't cramp up when it's over. Mm-hmm. We go to our restaurant, we're eating, then all of a sudden, one leg. Then you you get up, right? You try to move around, and I'm just trying to shake it off, right? And this is a cool story. They're playing uh, "We Are Family" mm-hmm. by Sister Sledge. We are family, yeah. so I'm going like that, and everybody's like. Okay, is it? They're like, it looks like a cramp, but maybe he's trying to break off a dance move. So, so I'm like this. I'm walking. I'm skipping. I'm skipping. Everyone's like, they get up, they start dancing too, and I'm just like, 
<laughs> like go away, you know, we all family. Mm-hmm. And then the other leg cramped up and that was it. And everyone's like, all right, he cramped up. And I'm like, but it's crazy because it's never happened to me in a, in a serious tournament. And I know beach. I never played beach at this serious level, but Pottstown Rumble's humid, dude. And yeah. that's side out. Okay, to me, I have I t- you heard me talk about this tournament for the third time because I have a whole bunch of respect for someone that can play side out to 15, which if you're better than them, that could be 20 minutes because you're just serving them off the court. But if you're trading side outs on a, on a low like net, an on hour. an already low net, on a grass court net, like on a big a on a big court, on a big court, that's an hour and a half. So Fornicari, I'm gonna mention him. Yeah, him and Albrecht, they took second. Uh, um, they should have won too. Yeah, I remember watching it. They should have won. Yeah, who? I remember that line shot. They played Lucas Nolan. and um and my fucking dude from Russia. Yeah, yeah, he's his wife Andre, and Andre, and his his wife's the secret to that success. His wife's a real uh, Serbia national player, and mm-hmm. she's the head coach of City College right now, the men's and women's team, and she's the best thing that ever happened to the City University system in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Congratulations! Now you have three real coaches in the entire state. Yeah. You know, because all of because like California, all of our all of the best coaches are recruited. But um, so yeah, I'm glad you had that moment, man. That was fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, oh, I, I, yeah. I actually did a documentary on that because I um because you were dancing, you had like a little dance off after that, and I, I actually taped that. So I I put on the NY Varsity Sports. Like me and Wendy, we took the trip, the hotel, and there's, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of shit I had to delete. I, I can't, I just can't share it on this podcast. So you get you and Logan. You get to play in Manhattan Beach. I thought you did well. I thought you, you um, actually, me and me and um, Randy Stokeless, we actually um, called some of your matches. Mm-hmm. Randy comes up to me and says, hey, Jay, I got an idea. Why don't you and me just fucking, let's get together and let's film a match and call it. So we, court two, which was not covered by, by the yeah. whatever. Everybody's like, wait, seriously, that, that sounds like Randy. That's really him? And I'm like, yeah, me and him were just talking shit. And I think you beat um plumber or someone like that yeah um, was it palm no maybe yeah it was yeah Plumber and palm yeah and then you lost to so we called two of your matches that day Hayden, they were in the same court hiding and, um, and ricardo yeah good matches man good fun good experience um and this year is going to be even better yeah this year right this year is going to be even better so let's um who's coaching you here uh evie matthews oh who's coaching um bill yeah and kelly yeah he's a real coach he's also an avid fan of mixed martial arts loves him some ufc yes me too we we can talk all day in fact i would love for him and me to have a watch party just sit right here meet him rob mclean he's a big mma guy he's um jeff samuels he's more in a muay thai but i'd love to have just the four of us you got some monitors behind you there's like a whole bunch of monitors in this room sit here drink beer and we don't even have to like talk about whatever yeah. the, the, the the event i've seen rogan do something like that a, a watch party just with friends yeah and that would be amazing so let's talk a little bit about relationships with volleyball yeah um i think you and you and savvy i'm airing your laundry and you're in savvy i don't know if you're an item but y'all are chilling together we're an item yeah yeah oh you're an item yeah good so, <laughs> i tried to make this uncomfortable all right next question <laughs> they're an item <laughs> nothing to see here people um she's awesome so I asked Savvy, I think, off the camera, what, what's worse, volleyball breakup, uh, partner breakup, or relationship breakup? You know, I think it depends. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
How serious is the partnership? How serious, How serious, is, serious the is the relationship? Exactly. Exactly. Damn, you almost made it out of here, man. I'm going to get you in trouble. Um... Kelly, I love you. That's my wife. I ain't starting shit. I promise. <laughs> She'd be so mad at me if I did that. I'm not doing. I'm not doing that to you. But I'm yeah. just asking. Go I ahead. think. Uh, <laughs> I think it would probably have to be a a, a regular breakup. Because I mean, volleyball. It's just like a, a cycle of life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, you're down for like two months, and you just have another partner to play with. It's whatever. Right. Um, and then you always find ways to to make it work um yeah but i mean i feel like a, a real relationship that's like that's real life stuff you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah like that could that could seriously mess your head up yeah man, um, who you live with I, that's your 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 psyche who you trust again after that yeah. exactly and like there's a uh i mean you trust people on a volleyball court but I, there's a different level of trust and a different level of letting somebody into your life in a relationship mm-hmm. um and like yeah, that's that's somebody that, like you. You literally are like you know what? Like I choose you to like be like the like that person that like I like yeah. let in because yeah. you don't really let people in like that. You know what no, I mean? No, you don't. Uh, in volleyball, you can keep things pretty surface level. You know what I mean? You don't have to. I mean, you obviously get to know your partner and know their life and stuff like that. But like, yep. you're not trusting them with you like your deepest darkest shit you know what i mean like no. like you have like a bad day at work or you you're going through something like like you got some demons going on you tell that to to your to your significant other you don't tell that to your partner no no shit or, or they tell me dude or I'm, guess I'm, what you grow into you know you know how i, should, how, how I tell, tell you this say it, say so <laughs> you you tell stuff to your to your partner in life about your volleyball partner, but you don't tell your volleyball partner about your stuff in life with your significant other. So that should, right. should tell you which one's more difficult and which one's uh, harder to, to go through. Oh, you wise man. You wise old dog. You, you <laughs> phrased it like that. Yeah, well, people, they don't tell each other, but they tell me, dude. I have, I feel like a ship that can never reach a port. You know, and for the people who share secrets with me, I, I'm I look, I'm blessed, I'm humble, and your secret is always safe with me. But, but wow, man, people cannot be be uh, can people cannot touch this phone, <laughs> you know, because uh, I I get I get all the news because people think I'm I'm actual media and I and I've turned into media. I only did this for entertainment. I took an oath to the office of entertainment first. I just happened to be a volleyball guy, but. Just like you, right? You put in the work in and it's turning to something else. We're, we're, we're only, I mean, we have a ton of differences, but that's where the similarities start and probably stop. <laughs> um, tell you a little story about relationships, then we then we could um, we can move on. Um, oh, good, you got a little time. Good. Um, my girl, I've been with my girl, right, mm-hmm. for 10 years. So for the first year, all we did was fight. Um, and I mean about piddly shit. I'm just bullshit and just and but we took these little I these little things you talk about and t- and we're screaming at each other and we're yelling and and we take it to the next level because I don't know if it's about being right or wrong or if we're just consumed with uh, the love for each other that everything is more hypersensitive. Think, yeah. It's like you know, like in the beginning of a relationship, you could say, "Hey, baby, you fat," and she's like, "Fuck you," but you say it a year a year later, it's like, "Why would you say that to me?" And I'm just like, "We know each other," so. For me, my personality, and this is important because this 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 is important for everyone to listen to, but maybe not maybe not even to you, but my personality at the time, like if someone was not was wasting my time, 
or if someone would just brought more 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 pain than pleasure you're gone there's only 24 hours in a day i'm doing at that time i'm doing theater and volleyball gone bye she works in finance mm -hmm. 60 70 hours a week I, i'm i'm a pain in her ass i should have been both of us should have been gone that's all i'm trying to say so get into the good part we take a trip to california we come to hermosa beach we stay at the beach house all right so now it's all starting to sound familiar to everybody right and she asked the question that changed our relationship forever we get into the hotel and she says, do you want the top drawer or bottom drawer? And I go, ah, bottom. <laughs> and that was it. And that was it. That, that, was, that was one of those things where we looked, when I said it, she was cracking and we and the reason why it worked and we have this understanding is because they're going to be things that we make bigger than they are and we have to take a step back and laugh at those fucking things and what i just said anyone who's ever been in a long-term relationship cracks up when i tell them that story mm -hmm. because as a man we think there's no fucking right answer we think there's no right answer, Corey. I'm like top or top drawer or bottom. I'm like you gonna watch it, whatever one I want. That's what <laughs> <laughs> no, but the argument continues when you say whatever you want. No, you want yeah. not, and then finally it's no. I want this. Well, I really wanted that. Well, why the fuck didn't you just say you wanted that? Why you gotta ask me if there's a, is there a real answer? But so when she said that. I felt like I couldn't say whatever you want. I felt like I had to give her the right answer, and I was like. <laughs> then you write down your answer it's like bottom <laughs> so I, I just a story i wanted to share with you and and maybe um if if i haven't shared it with savvy you should share that story with savvy and you tell that story to her you guys can actually look at that and how that applies to you and just just fucking take a little bit more time and laugh you guys are at the beginning stage so that's not some, like I said, it probably doesn't apply to you. you you're, you're experiencing the great love affair. And for me, it took that moment for me and my girl to have the great love affair. Mm -hmm. Nine years later, we're so together. And we moved here. <laughs> we fucking moved here. So, um, so Logan picks up um, Hayden, right? He's going to be playing with him. But he picked up, um, I thought it was pretty cool, he picked up Miles. Miles had points, and um, they were really close to... Um, uh, playing. I mean, the Argentinian team, I've seen them play before. I've been watching them since 2018, coming up, young team, and, and that's not an easy game to win. That's 15-13. You're playing with Bill Kalinske. Talk to me about some of the process and preparation with Bill um, and just just um, Evie and some of the things you go through. Yeah. Um, uh, I kind of got lucky. <laughs> I'll first say uh, picking up Bill. Yeah, both, uh, both upgrades, dude. At that at that point, I uh, I didn't really know where to go because like I talked to Logan at the end of the season. He's like, "Yeah, we're still playing together." Blah blah blah, and then like bomb gets dropped that we're not, and I'm like, "Oh shit, I need to figure something out." Shit. <laughs> so yeah. I uh, come out here for three weeks, um, just texting people like, "Hey, let's practice together. Maybe talk about season." And my second practice happens to be with Bill. <laughs> and uh, we practiced once, and he calls me up. And he's like, hey, let's play together this year. And I was like, well, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I'm Woo. glad. I, I, look, Woo. he's such a good human being. 
Yeah. He's such a good human being. And he has a story, a bunch of stories to tell like you as far as what my situation is and what am I going to do about it, right? Yeah. He wasn't allowed in the AVP. And when he was, he had to qualify. And what did he do, right? Only made the semifinals. Yeah, qualified to the draw, made the semifinals. Um, we have a good relationship because he saw me three times. I was coaching three teams at that yeah. time. Rafu um, and Ed, and, but go ahead. <clears throat> uh, but as far as getting ready for season and stuff, is uh, it's been a little different than what I'm used to. Because um, now, like we've we've kind of got a team, we've got a coach, we've got a strength and conditioning coach. We're here, we're doing it multiple days per week, and you know, it's he's kind of just teaching me how to be a professional, which is awesome. Um, Evie or, or Bill? Uh, all of well, them. A little of both. All three yeah. people uh, getting a little bit of advice here and there. And even uh, we've got Ty Trambley this week. And um, Ty's been incredible as well. And, I mean, talk about somebody if you want to learn defense. Ty's, Ty's good at coaching um, professionals too, like yeah. high-level players. So yeah. I always have my respect for that. Um, but, yeah, just from all of them, just kind of, you know, you've – I feel like uh, a lot of people are always like, I wish I would have li- like listened to the advice of what people gave me when I was younger. I was like, well, why don't I just listen right now? <laughs> Now's the time, yeah. Because um, the goal for me is to to be at the top. It is to be in the Olympics. So um, why not be and listen to people who have coached Olympians, who have been the strength and conditioning coach for Olympians, uh, a guy who's – been playing against the Olympians for the last 10 years of his life. Right. Um, and knows what's needed and how to, how to do it. And he's won big matches against some of those teams and, um, has been in that battle and been in that fight and knows. His, what and his hands needed. are amazing. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just, uh, learning from them. You know what I mean? Just constantly just processing what they're doing and trying to, to, to catch up. You know what I mean? Cause of, as of right now, I'm, not where they're at uh, as far as like the process of everything, but I feel like I'm gaining ground quickly. Um, and uh, just requires some patience, doesn't yeah, it? It does. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think at that point, it's just, um, yeah, just listening in uh, this moment and just um, really absorbing information the best that I can. And when season comes around, uh, we're going to be ready. I pretty much think you will. And I think, I think because you realize your process um, and some of them have been fast, fast growth spurts and some of them have been inconvenient and grinding and slow and, and right. And we got to exist to those two. Um, I like Ty as a choice. I think Ty has a, a unique coaching style where I think he's probably better at coaching pros than he is at teaching people how to play. Right. Like. There are some players that are older, right? And Ty tries to break down a technique and, and reteach them techniques. And some players, you have to make a decision not to, mm-hmm. right? Um, for example, if, some, if you're a midline pass coach and if someone's not a midline passer, don't leave them the fuck alone. Karch had to learn that, right? Karch is not a midline guy, but coached an Olympian team full of midliners, right? So, so it's one of those things where... If there's something that's just grotesquely wrong or, or conspicuously wrong, you're like, dude, that has to be fixed. Are you gonna be? Are you gonna get hurt? Yeah. Uh, um. That's different. You know. Like I had a practice with Rob McLean, and Rob was um, and Oz Borges. Oz Borges is one of the best coaches on the West Coast. Cuban guy. No one talks about. He's he is. Everyone talks about oh Miles Evans or Fernando one or this or Dane that, and I'm like, I can't believe that this man's in the same circle and no one talks about him. But he was teaching like a knee down thing and then platform or whatever. 
Um, I jumped in on some of those things just so I can understand it and teach my kids. And they are just getting into me what I had well, I had to just tell everybody calm down I'm like guys I'm actually coaching this thing I'm just jumping in relax you know I said second um that's not what I was taught indoor I never used my knees I came in and if I had to go forward I had to go forward and they're like but it's more grinding on your legs I said no it's more grinding on your legs because that's not how you practiced it mm-hmm. so for the someone who's who's practiced this a certain other way that's not inconvenient. That's not wrong. That's not going to tax him at the end of the tournament because his legs are already trained that way. So that was information I had to give to them. Uh, um, because like you said, you can you you can learn the game and you can teach what you learn and they'll be great players if, if, if your communication skills are good. But you have to size up the person and say, hey, that works for them. Leave that shit alone, right? Um, is anyone going to tell, is anyone, any new coach for Phil going to tell Phil to change his steps? Yeah. No. Hey, Phil, you're goofy foot. Yes, you're goofy foot. For educating the people at home, goofy foot. Um, our volleyball people, obvious is obvious, but we, I don't know, we attract more than just players now. So goofy foot is someone that has a right-handed, a, basically has a left-handed approach and hits with their right. You know, and and I guess the reverse for righties, right, or whatever. Tina Gradina, goofy foot, right? Um, uh, Lion King, Andre Samoy loves. Good goofy foot. With left-handed approach, hits with his right. So, and those are things where you're like, I'm not going to tell this guy take six months and ten, do your steps all over again. Yeah. No. So that's the challenge that I think Ty ch- faces sometimes as a coach. Um, you can't, you can't, tear down and build up everybody one way it's just because that way works for you you know um hey he won chicago right had to beat john mayer and, and i think it was mayor and keenan brad keenan at that and that was a big win i think you were getting it in at that time so i'm sure you remember that yeah you know he's sob too mm-hmm. i was just with him uh last week you were at so oh he wait he was at sob with you yeah and so I got to practice with him some there and mm-hmm. get some training sessions. And yeah. so that was awesome. It sounds like I was critical of him. But it, so now I have yeah. to repair that because if you've ever met Ty, all he wants to do is give you a fucking hug. He's awesome. Is he not awesome? He's an incredible human being. Isn't he? And he rolls in the sand just to get dirty. Did you ever see that pregame thing? He rolls in the sand where he's completely covered in sand. And then he gets up and then he plays. And, and I met him at SOB. Mm-hmm. I met him and John at SOB. So that's the correlation. That's the relationship. I met Kevin McCulloch, Ali's husband at SOB. Well, both of them. So um, I was plugging Rafu. I'm talking about that before. Uh, Rafu, giving you a shout out. Um, Rafu is one of the guys that listed me as his coach um, because we were working together. I was helping him prepare for Manhattan Beach 2016, um, which I played in, by the way. Um, got my ass whooped, but whatever. But it was one of those things where we allowed, we just shared ideas and he listed me as a coach and put me on the map because him and Kevin won, made the draw. And then after losing the first round, they won five straight contenders. <laughs> and they were also a 16 seed that year that beat the one in Seattle. So people forget they played uh, Gibb and Rosen, uh, Gibb and um, Patterson. Patterson. Yeah. And um, 16 beat, how long, how many times that happened? Well, that was Austin, right? I think twice now, yeah, with Austin. Yeah, well, twice for the men. Yeah. Uh, for the women, it's happened um, before. Betsy and – actually, Betsy and, and um, Emily Day in Austin, that same tournament. The one beat the 16. 
So interesting, huh? Yeah. Shit. Conditions in Wapaka. We don't need to talk about that. Was like playing in a goddamn quicksand parking oh. lot. Yes, because it was weird, right? It was muddy, but it was also hard, right? It's super hard. Yeah, it was. Uh, my body did not like me after that weekend. Your body was like, "All right, I'm doing this now, but this is bullshit." <laughs> yeah. So, what do you miss about indoor? Um, I think for me, as far as indoor goes, it'd probably be um, like the team aspect. <laughs> Uh, our, my team was super close. Um, I feel like most people feel that probably whenever they were uh, yeah. on that, but I mean, it's just a little different now, uh, as far as beach goes, you don't have that full team atmosphere and, uh, yeah. I miss I, play running. I miss running plays. I mean, yeah. I, I finished my last, the, well, not my last, but I finished my whole career as a setter. I started as an outside, you were an oppo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love play running. I love just finding ways to disrupt defenses. I like shutting down rock star outside hitters with my long my long arms and my short height. I'm I yeah. missed. And like you said, there is a brotherhood, and I think women would probably appreciate this more than men because I think I think women gear their success around that level of togetherness. Where men, it's more about leadership and yeah. you're a fucking leader. Let's follow him onto battle. So that's where that that um. Um, and I always, I always say this with my men's team, and, I, and I'll finish by saying this, but I want to give you the last word. I say, um, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that sheds his blood for me shall be my brother. Evan Corey, is there any plug, Instagram handle, anything you want to... Um, yeah. And people want to know more about Corey. I want to be down. Yo, I want to know more about Louisiana volleyball. Who's this Joey dude? What's his Insta handle? What's his what's his what's his shoe size? <laughs> uh, so my my Instagram is Evan Corey Volley and uh, Corey is C-O-R-Y, not C-O-R-E-Y, like most people think. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, so Evan Corey Volley is my uh, my Instagram. And then um, if you want to really follow and you've uh, been following me for a while, a little already. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, what, I don't know if what people know, it's called a Patreon page. Uh, basically on there, I give like, I write blog posts every week about what I'm doing. You get my full calendar on there. Nice. Um, you get like workouts that I'm doing. You get practice stuff that I'm doing. So uh, a lot of good content on there. It's uh you can start. It's it also helps support me to be able to continue to do this without having to work another job. Um, yeah. I mean, so it's like I I it work. starts at ten dollars a month, uh, and it goes up to fifty dollars a month. And if you want to do the fifty dollar a month thing, you get all kinds of cool crap. I lo- um, yo, and you're good at marketing that, dude. Uh, um, the Blue Nose Athletics. Yeah. I got a hat for my kid. Mm-hmm. I, I showed. I, did I show you yeah, the picture? Yeah, you sent me a picture. She looked it. cute as hell in that damn. <laughs> and I and I I collect hats. I wear. Mm-hmm. Look, I wear this for the podcast, but I'll show you later, man. I have a closet full, of, and I might just put it on my back wall. I got a closet full of hats. So yeah. Blue Nose Athletics was such a genius idea, dude. Yeah, thank They're you. So fucking genius, dude. I'm, I bought two hats. I was gonna buy a t-shirt. Do you do you have tank tops? Did you have hoodies? I got all that. Yeah. Where do I shop for that? Uh, BlueNoseBeach.com. See, I'm asking all, all the I'm asking all the right questions at the end. <laughs> Hold on, let's go. With, uh, so, Lexi said, "Have you seen Robbie Page out there?" And I haven't seen. Uh, I mean, wait, I, I did. I haven't personally seen him, but I know he's out and he's starting to try and practice again. I don't know who he's going to play with or anything like that. And, um, and when is San Antonio? 
San Antonio's got AVP next, and I don't know if I'll be there or not. Right. But I'll be in Austin. And is the qualifier for Austin in Panama City, Florida? Yeah. I think that's such a good idea. Yeah. And so, like, I think a lot of people are complaining about that they have to travel twice. But if you think about it. Are, are they professionals or not? Well, if, well if, also, if you think about it, like, now the AVP was expecting you to travel uh, without the promise of money to go and play one match. Mm-hmm. Now you're at least guaranteed two matches in a qualifier. Um, and most of the and money to show. Yeah. And m- most qualifiers are going to be double elimination. Yeah. This first one in Panama City is not going to be. It's going to be a modified pool play, single limb. But I but, love double elimination yeah. qualifiers. Atlantic City was the, the ultimate experiment. Man. Yeah. But um, if you go actually really look into it, it's like, okay, now you're getting paid to try and qualify even if you don't qualify because the first four teams out of the qualifier like the qualification you're still getting paid and then on top of that you're getting paid to qualify and then the avp is giving you 300 dollars of a travel stipend to go and play in the next event with a hotel and you're making more money there so now you're getting a chance to double up your opportunity on money rather than just getting one opportunity yes so that's my take on the the qualifier system and i think it it just gives you a chance to win more money as a fringe qualifier player. I mean, dude, anyone walks into this room is going to leave because this is the man the fuck up room. Right now, you the, the people in this room right now, we're the man the fuck up room. Don't be complaining about traveling twice. You, it requires traveling. And, and, if, and if you really... Don't make, don't make me give people the Dana White speech. Do you want to be a fucking fighter? I remember he said that because the ultimate fighter looked like no one in that house wanted to fight. But um, do you want to be a fucking volleyball player? You know, you know that you have to, to do these things. Yeah. You know it's an investment and, it's, and there's a return on investment based on how you fucking play. And the two-day qualifier is genius. Mm-hmm. I was in Atlantic City and they did the – not the two-day – was it a two-day qualifier? It was or were one. you talking about double elimination qualifier? Double elim, yeah. Double elim, they finished in one day. Yeah. In a city that did not have nightlights. Atlantic City finished double elimination in one day. And Chris Frazier was happy as fuck. Him and Cam Beans, you know what I'm saying? They had a hiccup in the top top part, and they came in, up, they came in the through thing. the back end. Yeah. And, man, that's a team you wanted to see the second day. Don't you like that? Don't 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 because look, wouldn't you have liked the second chance after losing the fucking Jake and whatever when you you had good momentum? There's there's it's a guys a double elimination qualifier is a second chance yeah. to get into the back and end. And it's like a, the AVP is not going to give you a fucking lap dance too, man. You got you got it. You got one must participate and one's own salvation. Yeah, and then if you like want to even go into it more, it's like. Um, I feel like a lot of people play with a little d- different mentality when it's a single elimination. You know what I mean? It's like, oh shit, this is it. Like, yeah. we can't fuck up. But when you play in a double elimination, you have the freedom to go and be and play your, like yourself. Yeah. And now, okay, let's see how long we can ride playing free. And then, okay, if we lose a match, now the pressure's on a little bit more. But guess what? We already we were able to, to have a mess up. You have to be perfect in a qualifier yep. in, in the old system. Now you don't have to be perfect. Mm. You don't. No. You, you don't. can lose a match and you can still qualify. That's but, that's like something that's never happened before. But don't those make better volleyball games? Exactly. Don't they? The, the most... God, do I need to say this in another podcast? On, on another episode? Do I need to say this again? Yeah, I guess I do. The, the thing that makes me the most angry... And there are some pros that are like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're, you know, we're, do, we're actually doing our thing. No, you're not fucking doing your thing. The thing that makes me the most angry is watching a team, the first 10 points, feeling each other out. 
there's a feeling out process. And for people that coach high school on a smaller level, if you, you don't know what I'm talking about, picture this. You're watching a high school game. And I guess it's 13 up, right? Game three or the last game, the deciding game. Now, all of a sudden, this guy's hitting cross court, but he's not hitting hard. It's his safe shot. They dig it. And then they set outside, and then he hits cross court, same speed, back at him. And it looks like this roll shot competition where no one wants nobody to get off because nobody win. wants to get blocked. And the, and, and, and it's the, nobody wants to win. They just don't want to not lose. Yes. Uh, and I see this in the beginning of some of the games. The, the high-level games, you don't see it at the end because they – Hopefully, they, if they have a decent coach, they figured it out by the technical timeout, right? And they make the adjustments. But I think if you want to attract more fans that 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 are walking by, that are that that are they're interested but want to see more, how about let's see some people get the fuck after it, get yeah. after it, boy. Sorry, I'm cursing. I know you're a strong, upstanding Christian man here, but um, but get after it, dude, because there are people that play and know the game that don't want to see that. Yeah. And if there are people that play, know and play the game that don't want to see that, how the hell are you going to attract people that don't don't know the sport and want, and want to and maybe want to invest their time and maybe even say, hey, I know a guy. Yeah. I got some sponsors. We should, we should do more about this volleyball thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so straight up a double elimination. Um, it'll be like a – so from what I've understood, they take the top four teams out of the tournament. Okay. So – on the double limb, it's just going to be if you make the semifinals, you qualified. Right. But you don't have to win the tournament. Just make the semifinals. That's it. Dude, and that's, and I mean, that's the best of the best of the qualifier anyway. Right? Yeah. And, and now, dude, it's, it's, you're not going to find another sport that gives, at least on this level, and, and these new ideas. Because I'm glad the AVP are, are 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 open to new ideas instead of arbitrarily implementing their own by by this by I don't, I'm not trying to insult Donald's son or whatever, but I really hated that like um, let serve thing or whatever and this and that and I fell in love at the end and I'm just like I right, I respect the guy he's trying something new you know so I didn't see that before and I see that now yeah. you know and I'm not saying that because I'm trying to get on someone's good side because I don't I, at this point all the shit I said I feel like I'm selling out. If I, if I did all that just to sell out, nah, okay, nah. So it comes from the heart. It comes from a real place. This also comes from the heart. I like you. I respect you. Um, I'm really, really glad you reached out to me before um, to podcast. This is a couple of years ago. Me and you, man, we smashed it on viewership. It was like 30, 30 or 31,000 views. It was great. It was it was a thousand better than Savvy. I know because I, I was looking at the numbers. I was looking at the numbers between you and Savvy. And... Um, I want to show you something because they shut me down. They they disabled my handle. So when deleting that, we were doing a live stream for anyone watching. So I was just trying to show everybody what's up. So that's NY Varsity Sports, yeah. right? Now that handle's still up, but they they disabled the function where if I put up something, my note of my subscribe my the people who follow don't know. Yeah. So if you saw the Qatar against the USA. Did you see that match mm -hmm. I put up? That was pure shares. That was you guys just coming through for me, which I'm like fucking humbled and crying. Okay. Yeah. So this is um, the option, right? And I'm, I'm, maybe I'll show this. I'll show this on my iPad for people to watch. But this is Savvy's. Oh, it's 24,000 views. So yeah, you had 30,000. She had 24,000 views. And through play, she had 8,000. 
So that means, like, the average podcaster, like a good podcast, you know what through plays are? Yeah, like you watch it all the way. From the one, first second to the last. So if a good podcast is 23%. So 8,000 from 24, that's like 33%. That's like eight points above whatever. So, And that's the only reason why I keep doing this and I keep doing ads or whatever because, Corey, I can't, what I can't do is make you sit there and watch the whole thing. Yeah. Right. I can I can push ads for players that are not popular, but I can't I can't say, Corey, sit down <laughs> and shut up. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's what's so that's the viewership. And I got to find a way to fix this handle. See, it's right there. Boom. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I don't even know what to say about that. But and I didn't mean to end with that. I want to end on a positive note because mm-hmm. I'm all fucking hater. Jay. That's what Dave Shaw calls me. I don't know if you heard him when he was yeah. the MC. He's like, here comes Hater J. And I'm like, no, I'm Hater J because I'm a Yankee fan and you're wearing a blazer. He's wearing a $1,000 blazer that has Boston's B, 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 B. And I'm like, you, you fucked up a, a, an expensive suit <laughs> to do that. That means you're a true Boston fan. And I'm like, do you have the pants too? He's like, no, I have the shorts. I said, oh, God, you have the, sh- you have the shorts. So... All right, so anything you want to say to our people before we out of here? Stay happy, stay healthy, like Rob McLean. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's have a good year. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun volleyball, and I'm excited. I think mm-hmm. my big thing is uh, trying to share my journey with as many people as possible, and uh, yeah. I think it's a big thing for for me. I, like I tell my people in Louisiana, this isn't just my journey; it's our journey, isn't it? And like if you if you like invest time in me, and like you know, like you help me out. Like that's something like like in the South, like that your family now, you know what I mean? You helped me whenever I was down and uh, whenever we reach the top, you're still going to be there because guess what? You helped me whenever like I, I wasn't there and uh, that's family. So, yeah, if you, uh, if you knew me then, you know me now. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun journey this year. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to do is it with that, y'all. Is that like a New Orleans thing? Because everyone I met, like Sean Ledig is like that. Kristen Nuss is like that. Um, Derek Zimmerman, who I met there. Mm-hmm. Man, we, we were hammering some whiskey that night. The, the night you won, Yeah. I was... um, Sean introduced us to each other, and we're both shaking hands, but we're like, why do I care? <laughs> and I'm like, why do I care? Yeah. <laughs> Two strong personalities, and I'm like, I need some I need some JD and some whatever. He's like, I know I know a spot. And we went out, and we... And, Wow, Derek Zimmerman, what a what a what a great human being! What a great human being Sean is! What a and ladies and gentlemen, what a great human being this dude is! What did you want to say? No, but you are you are good for the sport because the the people that um, raise the level of the sport or the viewership or the awareness are the people that allow themselves to be vulnerable. Are the people that allow themselves to take the journey with them, and you have done all of that and then some. And I wish you really, really good luck. Let's let me shake hands before I run my before I run my um my thing. All right, so people, so Evan Corey might love you, but I don't love you. In fact, I can't stand you. In fact, I am out of here, all right? So for all of you people at home, for all of you on your iPad or your desktop at Starbucks, for all of you on your Droid, okay? For my man, I'm going to do a single shot for you, my man, Evan Corey. I'm Jason DeBeas. This is The Option Podcast. This is episode 133. Stay with me. I'm going to hit my music, and we're out. OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.